Fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. This is the Voice of Reason. It is a post-Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. I know we say that every single day, but by golly, we're going to make it happen. Carpe diem the heck out of today. (laughs) See what we did there? Welcome in. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country on radio and TV Plus our live streaming and podcasting thereafter as well. Your Millennial General reporting for duty the way we do every single day. And boy, do we have a show lined up for you today. I am super excited. Uh, At the bottom of the hour, Annalisa Peshik. She's with the New American. She'll be joining us talking about race culture, the protest, civil rights movement, and critical race theory. We'll have some fun with that one. But I don't want to waste any time today. You can find us all over our social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, twitch.tv plus ourfreedombook.com and, of course, our website at hoosierreason.com. I don't want to waste any time because we have a super awesome guest on. I've been a big fan of his for a very long time, and we have limited time with him. So I want to jump right into it. And you know the name. If you don't know the name, you've probably lived under a rock for a really, really long time. He was the anchor of the iconic show The O'Reilly Factor on tons of TV station and cable news all over the country for 16 years. BillOReilly.com, the no-spin news that he has on first tv also the o'reilly update that he does on radio stations all over the country and author of his latest book killing the mob i'm super excited and honored to have on the program mr bill o'reilly himself bill how are you my friend i'm fine andy how you doing out there i am living the dream and i appreciate you coming on the program very much it's great to talk to you and this is a fascinating book killing the mob i've always been curious on how deep and entrenched the mob the mafia goes into american politics and history i mean you hear about the culture down in mexico and you hear about the cartels and as much as i love like mariachi music myself that all the music all the culture all the all the movies everything's done by the cartel and what's approved and not approved and my question has always been has the mob and the mafia always had that much influence in american politics and culture as well well killing the mob takes us from the 1930s when in kansas uh, bank robbers were run a wild. You remember John Dillinger, Bonnie and Clyde, Babyface Nelson, Pretty Boy Floyd, all of them. And we begin the book there because that led to the rise of the FBI. So President Roosevelt said, we got to get these guys out of here. They're still stealing millions of dollars. And so that was the first time where the federal government basically declared war on criminality. Mm. After World War II, the mafia from Sicily, dominated America from 1946 to 1961, unchecked. They controlled showbiz, movies, records, unions, Las Vegas, Cuba, gambling, you name it, they controlled it. And it wasn't until Bobby Kennedy came in in 61 as attorney general that the federal government even began investigating them. So I would say that the mob reaches apex of power in those 16 years, uh, 15 years from 46 to 61. 
how did they get to power so quickly like that? And I want you to talk about the story about World War II as well and how they kind of came over, because I think that's a fascinating story as well. But in 16 years, they go from coming to the country and then dominating culture, dominating the country. How did they do such a thing? Well, because nobody knew about it. So I wrote the book Killing Patton, sold millions of copies, and I didn't know, even after researching that, that George Patton in North Africa was dependent upon the mafia in Sicily to invade that island. And wow. the deal was made by President Roosevelt that if the uh, Sicilian mob helped the United States and Britain get onto Sicily, because the Germans were occupying, and it went the Allies' way, that after the war, there would be some gentlemen admitted to the USA from Sicily. It's exactly what happened. And once they showed up in New York and Philly, they divided into families, just like the Godfather, and they controlled the unions. Once you control the unions, Andy, you can get anything done. Mm. You can bribe people. You can build entire cities like Las Vegas. You can run the film industry. The unions were the key, and the mafia took them over. And it is an amazing story. You know, Killing the Mob, first two weeks, has sold almost 200,000 copies. And I'm not making anybody an offer they can't refuse. It's, you know, the book is just there. You're going to like it. But that's, there's a tremendous interest in the subject because it's never really been done the way we do it. This is the 10th killing book, as you may know. Yeah. The most successful nonfiction book series of all time. It's amazing. And to learn kind of the strings that pulled, you know, the politics, the culture, everything behind the scenes for so long. I mean, now, do they still have their hands into Vegas is what it used to be? Because, I mean, you watch movies like Casino uh, where they used to control it. Now it's so family and PG and it's kind of mainstreamed where I don't know that they have as much of an influence out there, do they? Well, organized crime now is corporate and they have a lot of legitimate businesses. So they may have a piece of the, some of the hotels out there in the Strip. They may be investors in that, but they don't run it the way they used to do it. It's a whole different deal now. Today, organized crime makes most of its money on selling narcotics, but they don't sell it. They just supervise it and distribute it all over the country. Wichita, every town, you're talking about heroin, methamphetamine, cocaine, the synthetic drugs that kill you. The mob oversees that and franchises it out to street gangs who actually sell it. It's an amazing turnaround, and it happened because the federal government passed a series of law called the RICO laws, where they could easily tap and surveil organized crime, so they had to change the way they operated. I never thought that the mob or the mafia in America would be handling narcotics like they do. So, I mean, are they in close connection with the cartels down at the southern border, or do they have some type of relationship? It's an excellent question you're asking. So, there are no Mexican cartels in America. Isn't that strange? Hmm. There are 500,000 foreign nationals since Biden became president that have come here. 500,000, a half million people. But no Mexican cartels in any of the American cities because the deal was struck between the American organized crime chieftains and the cartel chieftains that it would break down this way. Cartel would manufacture and smuggle the drugs into the United States and organized crime would take it from there. 
They both make billions of dollars. They don't need to fight each other. And that's the distribution pipeline. Since President Biden has, taken, has become president, since his inauguration, there are more narcotics in the United States than at any other time in history because of Biden's open border policy. In the first hundred days of the administration, we've, we've already hit that record. I mean, I guess that's a, an accomplishment, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's frightening if you really understand how dangerous these drugs are now. Yeah. So if you take fentanyl, and I want anybody, everybody listening to Andy and myself right now, if you ever get offered fentanyl and you take it, you're going to die. It depends when, not if. Yeah. You're going to die if you take that drug. And that drug is pouring in here now. With how much money that they make, I mean, is there a way to actually stop the spread of the narcotics? I mean, I know we have this quote-unquote war on drugs in America, and as we kind of loosen up marijuana laws, and as we try to deal with the narcotics in America, I mean, you're right. I mean, Wichita, Kansas, here all over the state of Kansas, all over the nation, we obviously have the problem. But, I mean, heroin's a major. Heroin and fentanyl are huge in meth yep. here in, in the mid-America region, along with gun trafficking, human trafficking, this sort of thing. It's so big. Are we able to stop it? Is the government able to fight it? Or they just kind of look the other way because it's kind of a too big to fail scenario. Well, you have the will to do it. And I don't see any politicians with that will. Now, Trump did an interesting thing. He um, put a border policy in place that made it very difficult to get a lot of bulk narcotics across. So he reorganized it, it worked, and then Biden disassembled it on the first day. Now, if you were to say to Joe Biden, hey, do you not understand that what you did, not only making it easier for people to come here, foreign nationals to come here, but drugs to get in here, do you understand that? I don't think Joe Biden does. I don't think he's capable of that at this point. Um, but that's no excuse certainly his party, but the Democratic Party and most of the Republican Party, they don't really care about the issue. Um, they see it as a social, societal issue, not as a national security issue, where I see it a little bit differently. Yeah, we're talking with Bill O'Reilly. You can find him on the first TV, also with his uh, no spin news and the O'Reilly update that he does on the radio all over the country. Let's talk about, let's go back in history a little bit. Like you mentioned before with your book, Killing the Mob, let's talk about some of the most iconic mobsters in the nation and how they kind of got their notoriety in American history. Well, in, during the Depression, as people in Kansas well know, everybody hated the banks. The banks were throwing uh, farmers off their land. They were throwing people out of their homes, foreclosing like crazy because nobody had any money. So these robbers, bank robbers, all of them evil, and the movies glamorized them, but they weren't. They rise up, and the people actually helping them escape and things like that, and they're throwing money at the folks and, and you know, like a Robin Hood thing. Yeah. But they're really bad, bad people, all of them. And what happened coming out of that was that President Roosevelt told Hoover, the young lawyer put in charge of the FBI, you got to stop this. So here's a fascinating thing that we document in Killing the Mob. It was no hands up, come out. The young FBI went after these people, and, and they assassinated them. The feds assassinated them, shot them down. Wow. So, and they all knew it. And there was a loosely organized group, Dillinger and Babyface Nelson. They knew each other and they helped each other. But once the feds caught up with them, that's where G-men came in, government men, G-men. They knew that if the FBI caught up to them, 
they weren't going to go to jail. They were going to go to the cemetery. Then, uh, at the same time, in Chicago, Al Capone set the template for organized crime. So Capone ran that city by bribing everybody because he was making tens of millions of dollars selling bootleg alcohol during Prohibition. He had so much money that he could buy everybody, and he did. And now the Sicilians on the East Coast, Lucky Luciano was the first godfather, they saw that. They saw what happened, and they said, we can do this national. Capone's local, Chicago, we can do it all over. And they did. They accomplished it. It's amazing. We got just about 45 seconds left here, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, but do they, the big question is, do they have as much influence as what they used to? Obviously, I'm guessing it kind of faded out near the JFK era uh, sort of time. They're around still, obviously, making the narcotics money. Do they have the influence in government like they used to? No. Uh, it's too easy for the feds to track them if they try to bribe somebody. But they're making more money than they've ever made before, but they do not have that influence. They, they can't call up a Hollywood big shot and say, make this movie and put Frank Sinatra in it. Yeah. They can't do that anymore. And I want to tell everybody, Andy, if you want to buy Killing the Mob, you go to BillOReilly.com and we'll give you 50% off Killing Crazy Horse, which was my mm. um, another bestseller. And a lot of that takes place in Kansas. People will love it. So that's a great deal for Mother for Father's Day. Mother's Day has gone. Father's Day, Granddad. Go to BillOReilly.com. We'll give you a good deal. I love it. BillOReilly.com plus the O'Reilly update as well on radio and on the TV. Bill, it's good to talk to you, my friend. Uh, you've been a big icon in my life as well, so I appreciate that. We'd love to get you back on the show again soon. And a pleasure to talk to you. When you need me, give me a, give me a call. Hey, Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Lots more coming up for The Voice of Reason on a post-Monday celebration. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show and check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier Holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast 
catch our special features and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today, radio and TV, plus the live stream, podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. We appreciate you very much. Thanks again to Bill O'Reilly coming on the program. That's kind of a fun interview. Enjoy chatting with him. I have to admit, if you're looking for history and historical facts, as much as I love history, I know a sliver, a sliver of what Bill O'Reilly does with all the research he does and all the great books he has out. Uh, and if you want to learn something historical, if you're a history buff, then he's the go-to guy to learn some of that stuff. BillOReilly.com, you can find all that, plus his uh, radio updates and TV stuff. Now that he's not with Fox News anymore, kind of doing his own thing. And we appreciate him coming on the program very much, promoting his new book, Killing the Mob, Fight Against Organized Crime in America. And uh, he's right. It's an interesting concept how we've idolized criminals for so long if they've gone against the system even in a vulgar and bad way we've idolized them to be the great heroes of america these mafia guys these mobsters these bank robbers and we've idolized them we had the movie bonnie and clyde what was a couple years ago that they came out with with uh kevin costner and there was somebody else big in that one too i don't remember uh oh um um woody harrelson was in it as well um bonnie and clyde it's a really good movie it was a great movie, but we we do idolize these individuals and make uh, make such a persona around them because they were such an iconic figure and they did something drastic and against the norm. And sometimes it's against the law and what they did was really, really bad, but we tend to idolize them in a way that uh, it, it kind of puts them on this pedestal. And it's a very weird thing that we do in this nation, but that's what some people enjoy. It's what we enjoy, but we need to realize the facts of the matter was that they weren't good people. They were doing very bad things. Look at the mobsters now today, the mafia making millions and millions and millions of dollars on narcotics. They're literally killing the population of America and profiting off of it, working with the cartels down in Mexico and making the money here in the United States, helping doing that distribution. That's a crazy thought right now. And I, I mentioned the cartels down there because it's funny, the media and the music and the movies and everything's controlled by the cartels down in Mexico to where, uh, I mean, the, it's got to be approved by them. I enjoy, I've told you before, I really enjoy my cross-culturalism that I uh, really get to enjoy with the Hispanic population. And there's a, there's a type of mariachi music, uh, and anybody that does speak Spanish is going to laugh at me, it's North, North Tanya, is that what you call it? kind of the northern part of Mexico and their kind of mariachi band. I love it. There's actually stations locally around where I turn that on, and I have no idea what they're saying, but I enjoy it. It makes me feel happy when you listen to mariachi music, even though they may be talking about something devastating and being alone in kind of the country music of America where your dog died and your girlfriend left you and your truck broke down. That could be what they're singing, but by golly, they have that mariachi music, and it's got a peppy beat, and it puts a smile on my face, and I totally listen to that. On frequent occasion, Mrs. Voice of Reason goes absolutely nuts, <laughs> nuts with it, and she can't stand it. But, hey, I don't care. I enjoy it. But I'm probably um, uh, being um, offensive, and I am, you know, tearing apart somebody's culture or something because how dare I listen to that kind of music, even though I have no idea what they're saying. But uh, all of that music, all of it approved by the cartel. They have to make sure that they have the proper message. If they're speaking out against the cartel, they wind up with an overdose while they're chopped up in a little bag. Oh, wait, no, that was the Clinton Foundation. That's right. Man, I got my mis uh, my messages all mixed up there. 
When we come back, Annalisa Peshik, she's going to be joining us from The New American. We'll be talking about the critical race theory in America, where we have systematic racism. Do we have systematic racism? And are the systems, are the laws in place to oppress minorities in the country? We'll get to that. Plus, we have the Supreme Court making some interesting decisions. Now, they're back in the news. The latest one, claiming that gun confiscation is unconstitutional in a nine to nothing vote, but it wasn't because of the second amendment. It was because of the fourth amendment with unreasonable searches and seizures. And as we mentioned before, there are many rights that are trying to, that the Democrats, progressives, elites are trying to go after the second amendment's one of them. But when you pass red flag laws and you try to just barge into someone's home to take firearms, that's also a violation of the fourth amendment. Guess what? We have laws protecting us from things like that. We'll get into that here in a little bit as well. Right here for a Super Tuesday, the post-Monday celebration here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I gotta say, the, the, the day flies right on by when you're having way too much fun. Welcome back into the program. It is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier, broadcasting here out of the heartland all over the nation. Radio and TV plus live streaming, podcasting, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time. And we're going to do it, too, by golly. Gee willikers, I tell you what, great honk. What was that from the music man everybody anybody remember that one my generation probably doesn't know much about the music man one of my favorite musicals as a kid growing up actually got to participate in that one my junior year of high school i was so excited i was gonna i, I knew it i had watched that movie so much i was gonna be the lead i knew it i had it down pat and what do they do they put me as the bass for the quartet instead i was so mad so mad we made it up the next year as I got to do the lead for Fiddler on the Roof. So is, there is that. I guess I got to balance out. Uh, welcome back in. Radio and TV, live streaming, podcasting as well. You can find us all on HoosierReason.com as well. Just a little programming note for you. If you missed it, got to hang out with Mark Walters on Armed American Radio today, talking about some Second Amendment issues going on in the nation. You can find his podcast at ArmedAmericanRadio.org or radio stations all over the country will get him back on the program here a little bit later as well. But right now, it, we've had a heck of a show already. Bill O'Reilly on the first part of the show. And now let's get into our latest and what's trending. 
What's trending today? And I'm excited to have our next guest back on the program as well. It's been too long since we've had her on as she is a graduate from the University of Washington's High School of Seattle, Washington. Also uh, recently joined the New American as well as a staff writer. And some big news going on out in the Washington area. I, uh, the fact that we continue the fight on in Seattle, Washington. Kudos there because that's a crazy place to be in. Excited to have back on the program Annalisa Peshik with us here. Annalisa, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, Andy. Thanks for having me. And I couldn't help uh, commenting on your Music Man uh, little you know, segment there. And we've got trouble. We've got trouble over in the, in the city and, you know, River City. Yeah, that's right. Trouble in River City. I see. Okay, you're aware of it. I'm not the only young individual that understands. How many people in our generation do you think actually watch musicals nowadays? Not many, but I grew up on the music band, Oklahoma, um, yeah. The King and I, you know. That's right. So I'm, I'm right with you. I I remember that musical fondly. The classics. The classics. That's yeah. right. I was I was so devastated my junior year. I knew I was going to get the lead in The Music Man. And then the uh, the music teacher, which I love to death, I'm, I'm still good friends with her now, uh, she had told her, she's like, sorry, but I only cast seniors in the leads because it's their last year, so I can't give you the lead of The Music Man. I was so devastated because that was my favorite. I knew I was going to get it. I already had the lines memorized, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you would have been fabulous. Uh, fun stuff, fun stuff. Uh, anyway, I, it's good to have you back on the program. It's a weird, strange world right now is we're in this limbo between now, apparently, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear masks. But, you know, if you're out protesting, you don't have to either. But if you're just the regular go to work, do your daily grind kind of person that doesn't want to get the vaccine because you're not quite comfortable, you don't feel like you need it. You're kind of the dirty, filthy, undesirables, uh, tainted individuals of society. Is that kind of where we're at right now? And are you seeing that in Washington as well? Yeah, you're you're pretty much the second class citizen. Um, your 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 yellow star is uh, your vaccination status, and you know I don't mean to be glib. It's a it's a very serious and um, scary thing that's happening in our country, and uh, we're seeing this happen in Oregon um, in a way that we're not seeing it happen quite yet in other states. But I would say Washington is not far behind. Um, I don't know if you've touched on the, the news in Oregon, but uh, the Democratic governor there, Kate Brown, she had uh, proposed a permanent mask mandate back in, I think it was January, the legislator, legislature um, proposed this. And then their, their mandate was coming up on May 4th. And I guess just last, last week, she decided that, well, they will relax the mask rules because the CDC has come out with new guidelines and they're taking those into consideration, but only for vaccinated people. Okay. So that means that if you go into a business that requires um, a mask, uh, you don't have to wear one if you're vaccinated, but if you're not vaccinated, you do have to wear one. How are they confirming a person's vaccination status uh, is the question I'm asking. Are we suddenly supposed to have our papers ready? Are we going to be branded with a number on our arm? Um, what is this? How are they going to enforce this? And why are people willing to accept this? I, I do know that there was a very small number of people in Oregon who stood up to this idea of the permanent mask mandate, but there were only about 10,000 
that's that's not very many. So I guess I'm wondering, you know, why are Americans willing to go along with this when it's clear it's clear where this is leading? And that's a very dark place. It is a really dark place. And I don't know that many Americans want to go along with it, except for maybe the fringe that are absolutely terrified, listen to Fauci on a daily basis, that sort of thing. But you're asking the exact proper question. I've been asking the same thing. How can we, if you have gotten the vaccine and you don't wear the mask, how do you differentiate between those that have gotten the vaccine and can take the mask off and those that haven't worn a mask and don't like to wear a mask and haven't gotten the vaccine? How do you know who's who other than some type of verification through paperwork or through an ID card or something? There are states already, too, that have already banned some type of COVID ID card or COVID uh, vaccination card, Candace included, where I'm at. Um, but okay. even if they do, I mean, small business has the right to turn away someone if they don't feel comfortable. So how are they going to differentiate? I mean, it's going to lead to a whole slew, I think, of legal uh, cases all over the country. Yeah. And in Washington, um, they seem to be doubling down uh, since Biden came out and announced that you, you could take the mask off if you're vaccinated. Well, I I live in an area in Washington state where you have to take the ferry to get to um, our home. And so they've been just Nazis about the, ma the mask. And we asked them, are you going to now <laughs> relax that rule? And they said, no, in fact, we're going to be more um, vigilant in enforcing it. Um, so it's hard to say why that, why that is when you've seen in Texas, uh, I, I saw it reported today that there are zero new COVID deaths in Texas. Yeah. Okay. That zero reported Sunday, zero COVID deaths. And we don't even know alleged COVID deaths. Right. But, um, so there's zero deaths and they lifted their mask mandate in March. Uh, and that was a big, you know, a, a big, well, I mean, that was when, when Joe was, Biden came out and said that that was Neanderthal thinking. Do you think he's going to take that back now? Exactly. Those Neanderthals, they, you know, they, they're not as stupid as we think, right? <laughs> they, 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 might, they might be onto something, these primitive-minded folks who are uh, deciding to keep their faces, you know, free of that, that mask that can actually uh, accumulate a lot of contaminants that are unhealthy for you. So it, it's all... It's all it's it's all just ironic and um and and you know you I'm I'm actually in California right now and I gotta say I think things are happening in California that are not happening anywhere else I think that that there's a, a revival happening here in the church um, I think that uh, people are stepping up in their communities uh, whether they're people of faith or not um, and I've just seen things. In, I've been to restaurants where you've got some people masked, some people not masked, but it's their choice. The owner is saying, "Look, we're not going to we're not going to follow the governor's mandates. We are Americans. We have our freedom. We have liberty, and we're going to live by our constitution. And if they come after us, let them come after us. Yeah. But we're going to stand stand strong. And and they are. Um, and it's it's it was it's been a very hopeful. Uh, I, time here um, in California. I'm, I'm dreading going back to Washington. <laughs> I can imagine. It's encouraging <laughs> to hear out of a state like California, too, where they kind of run the social experiments in the country. The next question is, now that we have the vaccine that's been approved for individuals for kids 12 years and older, have you? what have you heard on the streets, uh, especially out there in California and Washington, about those that want to vaccinate yeah. their children? Um, I hear mixed you know, parents are really struggling because they want 
to do right by their children. And they know that the vaccines, they have questions about them. They are still uh, experimental. They are not FDA approved. And yet their child wants to go uh, play baseball or be about in their ballet uh, performance. You know, they're, and, and these parents are having to make a choice. Do I forge a test? I've heard actually people are forging tests. Um, and I've heard that, uh, parents are saying, no, we're not going to let you play. Um, and others are going to the doctor to get exemptions. Um, or excuse me, I guess that would be for the mask mandate for the vaccine. I don't know what the exemption would be. Um, but so it's kind of, I've, I've heard a lot of different uh, situations and parents handling it very differently. Uh, if the child obviously is, you know, of an age where the parents have a say, uh, then if most of them are that I've talked to are um, willing to forfeit that event or um, but then there are lots who aren't because the kids have been out of school for a year. Yeah. Right. And to say now we're not going to let you go back to normal life uh, unless you, you know, get the vaccine. But the vaccine there again, there are just uh, issues with the vaccine that could be lifelong. And so you really need to, I, if I was a parent, I would be, um, and I'm of childbearing years and I'm very concerned. Uh, I, I will not get the vaccine because of, uh, because I've heard and, and talk to people who haven't had their menstrual cycle or have miscarried. Um, and that's scary. So that's scary. When you, when you just don't scary. need to. I mean, we've talked to many doctors that talk about, you know, the vitamins yeah. you can take and the health you can have to be in that 99% category to not have any issues. Let's take a break here. Annalisa Peshik, uh, the new American. When we come back, we'll shift gears a little bit, talk about critical race theory in the education system as we continue on with these children because they are the future. So let's just inject them with vaccines and teach them some garbage. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we come back right here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show and check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Just a few minutes before the top of the hour goes by way too fast. By far the fastest hour of radio on radio. Plus, we have the live stream, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter, Twitch.tv. Make sure to find us on there. Also on OurFreedomBook.com and the website, of course, at HoosierReason.com. You can find the video on all those. I don't give out the email enough as well. If you want to reach out to me, I try to respond to as many as I can. HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, Hoosier, H-O-O-S-E-R, Media Network at gmail.com. You can email me there. Let me know your thoughts, good or bad. You can send me some nasty grams. It's okay. I can take it. I'm strong. Although I may need to go to my confession booth for my ultra masculinity or something. Who knows? Uh, in today's times, who the heck knows? We're talking with Annalisa Peshik uh, with the New American as we talk about some of the masks, vaccinations, plus the critical race theory. Let's get into this for a minute here. Um, now I went through a couple years in college, realized it wasn't for me and ended up dropping out and <laughs> go to a broadcasting school. But, uh, I, I don't remember the term of critical race theory when I was in college. Is this a new thing as we try to figure out what laws and how society is just a crazy, systematic, racist, evil nation? I guess that's my cue to come uh, in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, um, critical race theory uh, I heard recently a colleague describe it very simply. It's actually not a new idea, uh, but it's the latest weapon uh, that is being uh, used against uh, American children and uh, Americans in general. Um, it's becoming increasingly prevalent in the schools. And it's uh, basically the idea originates from the 19th century uh, ideals of uh, Marxist principles, right? Which basically the idea is to overthrow capitalist governments and replace them with socialist ones. So all the critical race theory is, is this embodiment of uh, ending racism by seeing it everywhere, okay? So replacing um, capitalism with uh, this this idea of um, identity and uh, sexual orientation uh, everything is based on those kinds of politics rather than individualism, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it is new in the sense that it's becoming so prevalent, but the a concept has been around for decades. It just hasn't been uh, so blatantly um, taught in the public school, especially not in the K-12 grades, which right now is it's a huge, huge topic. So essentially, um, it's just an it's a new flavorful, you know, hipster way of trying to talk about racism on how it's just it, everything is racist. And you're right. I mean, we're going to end racism by calling everything racist to try and make things as bland and flavorless as possible. To me, I mean, if you're going to end racism, you don't 
mention race. You don't look at someone and be like, wow, you're a black person. You must live in this category, in this box. You're, you know, uh, an Asian woman. You're a Native American. You're whatever. I mean, when you look at gender, when you look at race, when you look at sexual orientation, when you look at religion, I mean, identity politics is what causes division, but they think somehow that's what's going to solve it. It just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense. And uh, you just reminded me of something that uh, Morgan Freeman said not many years ago, but before we have become so um, immersed in these ideas, he said, you know, the best way to end racism is to not talk about race at all, yep. uh, which is what you just said. Um, but now everything is race based and you've got kids going to school where they're being taught because of their race. They're either in the oppressor class or the oppressed class. They're kind of in these two different uh, distinctions and they have to figure out what is it like for me to be an oppressor and what is it like for me to be an oppressed? And what I'm seeing in some of the research I'm doing in the schools right now, both in California and in Washington state, is parents and teachers have no real idea that this is happening until the student comes home and tells them, mom, I was in class today and they told me that because I'm white, um, I, I feel like I'm a terrible person yep. because I'm oppressing uh, the, the Latina next to me. And the Latina is going home and saying, mom, I'm never gonna get anywhere because I, uh, I, I am Latina and, and people like us don't get anywhere because we're oppressed. Wow. So it's having a very dangerous effect. It's unbelievable. You're absolutely right. I mean, my brother went through that experience in college coming home saying that he was the problem with society because he was white and his parents were still together and had not been divorced. And because it was a unified family unit, then he was the problem with society. And a professor told him that as well. I, I couldn't believe it. And it, it burns me up. Keep up the great work. This is the kind of stuff we need to get out and educate people on each and every day. Annalisa Pesci, you can find her, thenewamerican.com. Annalisa, it's always good to talk to you. You need to be a regular guest on the program. Let's get you back on here real soon. Thanks so much, Andy. Have a great day. You as well. Always appreciate that very much. All right, that does it for us today. Podcast going up a little bit. We got a heck of a lineup for the next couple of days. Don't miss that. Until then, this is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.